Welcome, everyone, to the Department 12 podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Dr. Juliet Aiken. How are you tonight, Juliet? You know what? I'm hanging in there. How about you? I think hanging in there is a pretty damn good answer for right now. (laughs) (laughs) Juliet is the founder of the master's program in I.O. at the University of Maryland, where she currently serves as the director of that program. Uh, She's also the creator of the I.O. Soapbox, a very entertaining and enlightening YouTube channel on I.O. Psych, which I've mentioned on this show. And I'll mention again, uh, she also consults and I'd say she keeps pretty busy, but a theme that seems to cut across all of her work is a deep and abiding appreciation for and promotion of diversity in all its forms. Now, at the risk of uh, belaboring this introduction, I also have to mention uh, that Juliet is the recipient of this year's Distinguished Early Career Contributions Practice Award from PSYOP. Congratulations, Juliet. Thank you. So I had sincerely hoped uh, to watch you accept this award in Austin next month. But unfortunately, as we all know by now, uh, PSYOP's annual conference has been canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sure an online version of that conference is going to emerge sometime soon. But, you know, we're all kind of bummed out uh, about that. And I'm definitely bummed out about not being able to meet you in person. But COVID-19 is the topic of the day, and it will not be defeated. (laughs) Uh, right now, a lot of us in the I.O. community, we're trying to respond, uh, and we're looking you know, mainly at these sort of short-term urgent needs, people working from home for the first time, for example. But, um, you know, the reason I invited you on the show is that, you know, you made some comments like, hey, this is a time for us to be thinking maybe a little longer term than just what's going on this week. So, you could just start off by sharing, you know, where do you think we should be uh, thinking a few steps down the road here? Absolutely. Um, It's a wonderful question. I know when we had initially talked about this conversation, one of the things that we'd wanted to talk about was um, so-called non-traditional careers in I.O., right? So grateful for this award. And I really was, honestly, I was very surprised. (laughs) I had never saw myself um, meeting any of the, the, the groups, being in the groups that tend to get these, these awards and I, I was so gratified because to me, it was a recognition of all of the beautiful work that IOs do. And that actually ties in for me with what we can be doing as a field in these times, in the times of COVID-19 and beyond. A lot of our work as IOs really seems to focus in knowledge industries on people who are uh, relatively well-educated and who work with computers. And many of the responses I'm seeing, and I want to be clear, I'm not putting any of them down because I am so amazed by our community and just the the passion and the, the support that I'm seeing from IOs everywhere. A lot of them have been focused on moving trainings online, moving work online, how do we manage remote work, all really worthy questions. The sectors of the economy that are going to be the hardest hit in terms of the workforce are not those sectors. They are our restaurants, small businesses, local businesses, um, any organization that requires people to be physically present, but is not deemed to be essential work at this time. And we can see that response in the economy right now, where there are massive layoffs in these sectors and massive hiring in sectors related to shipping and grocery supply and things like that. So part of my question is, where are we as IOs in these other fields? And what is it that we are doing to support organizations that do not work 
easily and readily remotely that are not knowledge organizations where they're not at computers. And if the unemployment rate spikes, what can we do to help reskill people for the positions that are opening up? And what can we do to help people obtain these jobs and help organizations find talent that might not look like what they think they might need? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, uh, it's really interesting how you point out that, you know, so many of us that are practitioners or that are academics who consult, you know, our wheelhouse tends to be working in these knowledge industries. And um, it, it kind of puts me in mind of, you know, a long time ago in another life when I worked in mental health and everyone in private practice wanted to work with a certain kind of client that was, you know, like uh, more or less, you know, well-educated and, you know, had great insurance and was, you know, relatively high functioning for lack of a better term. Um, you know, these were like the ideal clients that everybody was aiming for, but the need was so much broader. Um, but I guess when I think about all these underserved uh, sectors, uh, one of the one of the areas I struggle with is how we actually get our foot in the door to help. So when I think about, for example, you know, just in my little bubble of a world here in, in Western Pennsylvania in the greater Pittsburgh area, I'm seeing everything that you just described happen. There's um, small businesses, uh, restaurants uh, that are suffering pretty badly. Um, I don't know about our employment uh, rates yet because we haven't uh, seen those reported, but I'm not going to be surprised at all to see uh, layoffs or even uh, terminations and a lot more people on unemployment. Um, Meanwhile, there are other areas like, uh, for example, we have a local manufacturer of of respirators where, you know, they need to hire up as fast as they possibly can. Um, but when I think about those folks that are out there right now and they're working in a grocery store and they're exposed to all of this and they're, you know, getting rude treatment by customers. And I think about people working in restaurants who are, have empty dining rooms, but they're hustling back in the kitchen and delivering food. Mm-hmm. And the amount of stress that they're under, uh, you know, not only to maintain their livelihood, but also their health. I just wonder where in your mind is the place where we can get our foot in the door to actually help them. Yes. And that's it's such a beautiful question. So I think of a couple of different things. Um, and I also wanted to just point out, I would be remiss if I did not say this. You mentioned that I am very big on diversity and inclusion, and I am. And we have to be honest about the portions of the population that are going to be hit hardest by this. We are talking about lower class, lower middle class, and primarily a lot of people of color. We're talking about people who are already disadvantaged, who are going to be the most impacted in the coming months and coming years. Like privilege is going to structure a lot of what happens next. And I think it is our responsibility as IOs, as people who have the capacity to transform organizations, to keep those things in mind as we engage. I see a couple of different things. One of the things that I've noted about IO as a profession is that we really do tend to work out of this expert model, and the expert model can can at times lead in this consulting direction. And you do see that a lot. A lot of people who get into IO want to be engaged in consulting. I've also noticed more recently, in recent years, a shift toward IOs being embedded in organizations and as uh, more of a trusted advisor for a human talent within those organizations. 
questions. When we think about the upcoming year, if there's a recession, consulting could experience some challenges. Um, consulting for many organizations is seen as a nice to have and not a need to have. And that's a shame. I mean, obviously, I think as IOs, we would say it's a need to have. Uh, but organizations don't always see it that way. So the consulting sector may actually have some challenges coming up, whereas the need to embed IO talent within organizations is going to continue to increase. So to the extent that IOs are working in different roles embedded within organizations, those are beautiful ways to, to drive change. The second thing that I would say is it's time to be pro-social. Like pro-social IO is powerful IO. That can mean multiple different things. It can mean creating content and sharing content. It can mean reaching out to people and reaching out to community organizations that are local and supporting them for free or for a very reduced cost during this time. We have great capacity, great knowledge, and great skills. And that is something that we can be using if mobilizing correctly uh, to help guide communities and organizations and the country in the upcoming months and upcoming year or so. So just tremendous power for change there, as well as through trying to impact uh, our government, which is also, by the way, an organization. So also we have those skills there. So just real pro-social orientation and thinking about these different things that we're doing. You're sharing these beautiful podcasts um, but other material like that, or we might be able to reach people who can't afford our services. Okay. That's a great suggestion. And I think there's, you know, given, uh, you know, the listeners a lot to think about and, and, and thinking about the sort of mechanisms by which they might be able to do that. Um, you know, when I, when I think about the possibility of, of doing that, I, I guess I run into some of the old IO standby obstacles that we face, which is, you know, hi, I'm an IO psychologist and I'm here to help. And the response to that is, what the hell is an IO psychologist? Uh, how can you help me? You know, I, I run this, you know, small Italian restaurant in, you know, a town of 4,000 people. Uh, we're, you know, we went under or we almost went under due to this COVID-19 thing that knocked out all of our business. Um, what can you do for me? So. Yeah. Let me, let me throw that at you. Let's just say that that's the conversation you were having today. Uh, what do you think the average IO psychologist should be able to come back and say to that? I'm not, it's not, I'm never going to come from a position of, although I love to say it and I say it in mm -hmm. circles because I love it. I'm not going to lead with, I'm an IO psychologist. I'm going to lead with, I know you're having massive challenges right now with your workforce. I know that you're probably having some morale issues and I know you're worried about your business. Let me help you help your business. What do we need to do? When I work with my clients, I'm, I'm, I never say, even when I'm designing selection systems, that I'm here to design a selection system. I say, I hear your retention problem, and I will help you solve your retention problem. Mm -hmm. Orienting it around the need that is clear and communicating straight to that need. You can keep your expertise. You know it. But focus on the need of the organization. I see you struggling. I want to help, and I can. That's a powerful lead. They'll ask how. And then you can move in from there. You are a, you know, LNOD guy, right? So <laughs> I can help you develop your long term, even when you don't have resources. I can help you improve the morale of your employees, even during these difficult times. There are some simple things that we can do. Taking yeah. it to level can make for a better connection. 
I think that's great advice in the era of COVID-19, and it's great advice two months ago, and it'll be great advice two years <laughs> from now, which is to focus on the problem that the other person has rather than, hey, here's what I bring to the table, um, actually starting with, you know, what is the need? Where's the pain? Um, mm-hmm. What can we do to, to help you make that pain go away or, or to improve or transform the organization? I think that's a great bit of advice, whether you're an IO psychologist or not. Um, I want to circle back a little bit to the award. Uh, and I'm simply asking about this because, you know, not too many people win those awards. And I'm curious what it's like. So do you just get a phone call out of the blue someday? Is it an email? What actually is that day like for you? Um, it was surreal. I will tell you that I knew um, that I was being put up for the award in part because I asked it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I th- that's something that we don't do enough. There are people out there who will spontaneously think of people that they think are worthy and nominate them. But a lot of times people are so busy with their day-to-day lives and work that they don't think about that. And sometimes it takes that little bit of self-promotion. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it. Uh, but it was something that I said, you know what? Uh, I'm curious. <laughs> Let's see if I'm actually, you know, some, somebody who might be recognized. I didn't expect it. I told um, the people who were involved in my nomination, who are all such wonderful people, that I didn't expect it. And when I got the email, I am pretty sure I closed it. I opened it. I closed it. I looked at it. I looked at my roommate. I was like, so I, I, I couldn't. It was hard for me to process. It was such a beautiful thing. I thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> and I was just so grateful and so happy. And I still forget that it happened. Um, sometimes people remind me. It's hard to keep in mind um, because ultimately I'm so grateful for it. It was never about that. It was never about the word itself. At the same time, it, to me, it's... See, it's even hard for me to talk about it now. It's it's something that's just so, so unexpected in so many ways. But I also just want to recognize the role that my community, my mentors, and my sponsors paid in that. And this comes back again to this issue of diversity and inclusion within IO psychology. Who has access to people who can help them sculpt up a proposal to to win an award like this, you know, who who has access to people who know how decisions are made or who might be able to give advice on how to frame your narrative? Because I've had tremendous mentors and sponsors in my life. And I also understand that when we look at people who are from um, lower socioeconomic status and didn't have that in this possibly, and I don't want to make sweeping generalizations that aren't true, but may not have had the same level of access, people who are um, people of color who may not have had the same access to mentors. It's not that they haven't done the work. It's not that they don't deserve the awards, but if they don't have access to the networks and the mentors and the sponsors, they will not be recognized for the beautiful things that they're doing. So to me, even me receiving this award, which I am so grateful for, is a call for us to think about who are we not only nominating, but giving opportunities and access to all the way along the way to prepare them for the recognition that they deserve for the work that they're doing. I think that's a great message for us all to keep in mind. 
Uh, I want to close out tonight's show by asking you about something that you're doing. And I apologize to listeners who might be listening to this, uh, you know, months or years down the road, and this is no longer an active thing, but (laughs) it's such a timely topic that I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about it, which is, I understand you're holding talks on Wednesday, like coffee type talks. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about what those are, who's invited and, and what you hope to get from that. Yes. So, um, as you mentioned early in this talk, SIOP is, is canceled for this year face-to-face. And I can't tell you how many people I put off seeing until SIOP. And I'm kind of embarrassed by that because I live in the same city as many of them. Uh, <laughs> but I thought about that and my students and my alumni, and just especially my current students. I mean, this was a spot where they were planning on meeting people within IO, meeting people and uh, making connections, important connections for their career. So, uh, first of all, I recognize that right now there's a gap for us as IOs in terms of connecting with each other and networking in this virtual time. We're all sitting at home um, and we're all staying sheltered in place because we're doing our parts to keep people safe. Uh, so that was part of it. I also really saw, you know, related again to the topic of today, what is it that IO can do in the era of COVID-19? And I think even when we have ideas and solutions, they're in, they're incomplete in some ways because we're, we're working through them. And what better way to work through them than to work through them together? Community is core to all of my beliefs. I think that we are all better when we chip in together. I'm not, I promote other programs, not just my own, because I'm not promoting my program. I'm promoting IO psychology. I love our field. This is the field that can change the world. And we're going to do that only if we come together, support each other, and see each other always as colleagues. And so this is all just a space not to have a presentation, not to have just one voice, but to come together informally, to gather, to have our our morning or afternoon or evening, depending upon your time zone, drink, um, to have our kids in the picture, our partners in the picture, our roommates in the picture, to be whole and present and IOs and to be brainstorming together and connecting together over issues that are important right now in this moment. Um, in terms of who's welcome, literally anybody. I don't even care if you're an industrial organizational psychologist. It doesn't matter if you care about organizations and if you care about people in this time, you are welcome to come. Um, I practice open community and all are welcome. All right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I'll be sharing links, uh, obviously, to that uh, event. So if people are interested in attending, they can. Uh, also have you know other links to, to other projects that you're working on. Uh, and I, I wanted to, to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us tonight. And especially, for, I, I think, for helping us get sort of a new perspective on, uh, you know, how we can be thinking a few steps down the road for IO psychology in light of, uh, you know, I think, you know, as I think about the changes that have just happened in the last week, and mm. when we think about work, it, it's almost like some aspects of work, uh, they've receded into the background. Uh, like the realization that most knowledge work it really doesn't matter where you do it. Um, as, as hard as it might be to work from home, especially under these conditions, um, you know, th- that work can continue on relatively uninterrupted. But whole sections of, of the economy and, and the supply chain and the people that we really rely on uh, to, to carry on society as we know it, 
the people that work in the retail stores, that work in food service, the people that come and pick up the garbage, like the people that are really responsible for keeping the wheels on <laughs> for society, uh, not even to mention the healthcare workers who have this vastly important job. I feel like they're coming into clearer focus. And I appreciate you taking the time uh, this evening to, to, to talk about that and give us some ideas for some new directions we might head in. So thank you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.